0: Welcome to Your Highness Podcast, a show where we get comfortable with the uncomfortable, uncover areas of cannabis where accessibility and inclusiveness are lacking, and elevate conversations about ways to affect real change in this space. To your Highness podcast. I'm your host Diana Crash, and today I am joined by the lovely Danielle Simone Brand, author and writer and podcaster. How are you doing today, Danielle?
1: You know the world is on fire again, but I'm doing okay personally. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes, like you just gotta count those blessings, you know.
0: Yes, that's really all you can do these days. Um, so we're going to begin in that vein, <laughs> trying to make things a little light before we get get a little dark. Um, we're going to do the recurring segment that we do every episode, our Fave Pot and Fave Not Pot, where each of us discuss our current cannabis and non-cannabis related item that we're just really into at the moment. And I'm going to start with my Fave Pot. Um, it's really just a a strain I've been smoking lately from its nature's heritage and it's called Citron and it's just like a nice little daytime, (laughs) it's a a light one. I've been trying to, uh, kind of reframe the way that I use cannabis. I should say without, for lack of a better word, I'm, I'm trying to smoke less and, and like just kind of play around with different methods and, and maybe just tailor things a little more, you know, since I'm getting older and everything, i trying to be a little more responsible. So I'm smoking a little less throughout the day. But this is a good one to smoke during the day because it doesn't get you, you know, walkers high. And I mean, I'm not doing that anyway, was the point. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice little, a nice little couple puffs, you know, strain to do during the day. So, what's your yes. favorite?
1: Gotta have those. Gotta have those go-to daytime strains. Um, so, I am loving the um, the brand Loud L O W D. They're out of Portland. Um, they're a social equity brand, and it's really fucking good weed. Like. <laughs> It's really good. It's just like chirpy and delicious, and not necessarily all super high THC. Just like it, it hits really nicely. Um, and I was able to, you know, incorporate talking about that brand a little bit when I talked at the Women in Cannabis Reno uh, Women in Cannabis Expo in Reno in September because they're doing such good work on the social equity, you know, side of things, like helping other operators you know, figure out the industry, break in, get capital, that sort of thing. Um, Jesse Horton and his wife, um, Jeanette Ward-Horton, are running that together. And so they, they own Loud and they're also just like helping other people actually get into the business.
0: That's So amazing. yeah, good stuff.
1: Yeah. I
0: love that. Whoops. Sorry. Sorry. I'm actually, I started playing another podcast. <laughs> 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 I was getting it ready to read the, the description and then I went ahead and started playing the actual episode. Or I'm brand new to podcasting, not <laughs> you would think it sometimes. Anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what makes it fun, is we're not perfect.
0: Yeah, well, exactly. Says the person who has <laughs> all of her notes already figured out before we started. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you're one of my Believe most prepared me. guests always and I love that really?
1: oh, <laughs> yeah well I you know I just I I like to think about things a little bit I'm a I'm a reflecting and digesting person you know as a writer I you probably can relate right you know that's how I that's how I think is like I, I it's it's a slow process for me I digest things so I have to think a little ahead of time if I want to say something worthwhile <laughs> I love that. See, I'm the opposite.
0: I want to be that way, but my brain's, like, all the way over here, and I'm, like, back here trying to write down the words. What was I saying? What was I trying to
1: say? Well, that happens, too. Oh, my gosh, that happens, too. But, um, you know, but I know myself. I know that, like, if I write down a few notes and just – have a sense of where I want to go yeah that helps
0: (laughs) yeah yeah, we're on the same page in that regard and I just love that I love that about you it makes me just excited to be recording with you because I know that it's going to go well (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) I mean I know I'm going to have fun talking to you but I also know that you get it you know you have you respect my time and I respect yours and it's an equal respect and we're both ready and I love that um, yeah. so anyway, <laughs> I mean, oh, the mutual love, do that.
1: mutual fan <laughs> club here.
0: <laughs> so my fave not pot is, um, another podcast that is not cannabis related, obviously, because <laughs> I just said Name not pot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, it's-, it's not actual <laughs> pot. So, <laughs> but that's fine.
0: <laughs> okay. So. It's called Betwixt the Sheets: The History mm. of Sex, Scandal, and Society, and this podcast is like a, it's like an episode from the History Channel, but like completely X-rated, and um, <laughs> that's pretty much all. I mean, they go into the history of BDSM. Uh, the host. Sarah, and she always has someone else on who's an expert who's like written a book about something. Um, they went through the history of poppers recently. Hmm. She discussed the Museum of Sex Objects. I mean, and I found out some really interesting information on this one. Um, it's a really good podcast to get away from. Like when I need a break from cannabis and I need a break from <laughs> politics, you
1: know? Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because those are my go-tos. And I'm like, I need a break from both of these and not true crime. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> You've got to have those escape podcasts. You've got to have those that are just like fun and interesting that you don't need yeah. to learn about for your job or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't or for your survival this in this heroes. world. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. So what's I have, your yeah I have up, mine well okay I'll um I was gonna say should I go into my my guilty pleasure podcast or should I go into what I plan to say all um so oh. I <laughs> I am a um I am a constant like what's next person and where are we going and how you know let's let's envision and make the plans um And so I'm really good at creating things. I'm not as good at like sustaining and staying put and just like continuing to work on the same thing. (laughs) And so my family's MO has been like moving. (laughs) Hey, what's up? So, because of that, my family's mo has been like moving here, moving there. Let's try it there. Let's see, let's see what it's like over there. And you know, I knew that where we're living now is going to be a like a semi permanent, you know, you know, a temporary thing to begin with. And I'm dying to move to somewhere with legal weed again. Um, so yeah, just kind of like ex- being excited about looking at where to move and what's next. That's kind of exciting me right now in my in my free time, in my copious free time. <laughs>
0: I'm doing that as well. I'm putting it out there. I want to move to Vermont, so I'm talking about it as much as possible. I'm I'm definitely looking for a new scene.
1: Yeah, got to mix it up sometimes, and you know, keep. I, I believe in just going after the life you want, and sometimes that takes moving. It does. You know, people
0: say like, it doesn't matter where you are if you haven't dealt with your issues and all of that, and that is true. But I also feel like there are places. I mean, as much as you've traveled and lived all over, you know. There are places that are definitely very stifling and mm-hmm. and not conducive to like new ideas. <laughs> you know? Absolutely.
1: It's both. It's like, you know, when people when people say, sure, wherever you go, your problems follow you. That is true. But I mean, it's both. It's it's what's inside and what's outside matters both. And so to me, like environment is is important. It's it's pretty key.
0: Um, absolutely I totally agree and I hope that we're closer to each other when you make your new move and I make my next move
1: (laughs) I know me too that would be cool that'd be cool it would be so so you're looking at Vermont I'm looking at sorry go ahead (laughs) (laughs) go for
0: it (laughs) you aren't you looking in like upstate New York or Massachusetts wasn't Massachusetts where you were looking
1: Massachusetts is is one of the places, um, like the College Town area. Also, Ann Arbor, Michigan, is another spot.
0: Oh, well, then that'd be in the opposite direction. Now you're going away from me.
1: Well, I'd, it'd still be a little closer, but not too not too close. That's for sure. I mean, it's, but it's interesting, you know. Mich- Michigan weed is kind of popping right now. Um, there's a lot of problems, like there are everywhere, literally everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's cool to, to learn about new state markets too or you know new mm-hmm. to me state markets like I didn't know that much about the Massachusetts market yet I didn't know that much about the Michigan market yet and so when I'm thinking about moving places I'm like hmm better better find out and talk to these folks and yeah. see what's up and turns out there were problems there just like California and Oregon and Washington but they're some of the same some different
0: yeah. I mean, I know that Vermont is like holding off on completely going online until they figure things out, I think. But I'm, I might be speaking out of turn, but from everything I have found out, they are really trying to take care of small businesses before the big ones. And being in Maryland, it's like all about the MSOs, you know, and I'm tired of it. I, I, <laughs> it it's not um, the kind of market I want to be in, you know. It's, it's yeah. not good and good product doesn't come out of it. But anyway, that's this is we're going in a different direction than our topic. So <laughs> let's let's switch back around here. Uh, this isn't okay. a policy discussion.
1: <laughs> not today, but
0: not today. But you do talk about one topic a lot and we're going to get to that in a minute. Um, so for those who are new to the show, Danielle is a deep friend of the podcast and has been on many times. And I was on your show recently where we kind of touched on the complexity of the actual act of talking about the same topic repeatedly. Once you've made a name for yourself publicly for speaking out on a controversial topic, it often becomes all-consuming. You have an image that you created that commands constant commentary. Like, for example, you talk about the, the cross-sections of parenting and plant medicine all the time. Let's start with the uncomfortable bits first. What's one thing you struggle with when continuing to educate and engage new audiences?
1: Ooh, one thing? Only no, or
0: all um,
1: things, <laughs> all things. Now, I'll name a couple things. I mean, one is that you definitely start feeling like a broken record, right? You start feeling like, oh, do they really need to hear this basic information, like the differences between THC and CBD, or the fact that cannabis can help you with you know X number of, of potential issues? You know, I ask myself, like, do I actually have to say this again <laughs> frequently? And yet, I find that I do. Because because there are so many people who just haven't heard it yet or haven't heard it enough. And, you know, education is about repetition. Also, you know, introducing ideas in different ways. It's not like the same thing over and over and over again. And, you know, so I guess that's part of the challenge is finding different ways or interesting ways or ways that don't bore me to death to talk about, you know, some of the basics that people still need to know about. Um, yeah, so that's that's definitely part of it, and I get the same questions, and you probably get really similar questions a lot too. Um, but you know, the ones that I get a lot are, "What about cannabis and breastfeeding? What about cannabis and pregnancy? Um, dose product guidelines? Like those are the kinds of things people want to know. And so, on social media, for instance, I feel like I answer those same questions a lot. Mm-hmm. And yet, if we're not doing it, then there's either a gap or somebody else who may not know as much or is not going to offer helpful info might be answering those questions. So I kind of feel like that obligation, even though sometimes it gets old.
0: It does. Sometimes (laughs) I get like irrational about it because I'll get edits back from an editor and they'll say like, well, explain the difference between hemp derived CBD and da, 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 da. And I'm like, are you kidding me still? Yeah. You know, I say that to myself, not to the editor, but I'm just like, who still needs (laughs) to hear this?
1: (laughs) And, you know, and it definitely depends on who you're writing for. If you're writing like B2B stuff in the industry, then obviously you can get to a higher level more quickly. But, you know, if you're doing consumer facing and even cannabis consumer, like people who are already familiar with cannabis, some of them have a really superficial understanding of the plan or the policy or whatever it is we're talking about behind it. So yeah, it's we still need to repeat.
0: <laughs> yes. I mean, and on I probably have a superficial level of knowledge on on the fact that like I don't know each state's policy, you know. I mean, I know on a very small amount. Enough that I need
1: to <laughs>
0: basically I I don't know every single in and out of this industry.
1: And I don't myself. either.
0: There's I don't either, and so
1: that is cool. There's too much going on, and that is cool. So I do feel like in some things, there's a lot of repetition, and in other things, there's tremendous opportunity to learn. So kind of balancing that out. I mean, I think something else that's hard for me um, with this is the fact that as I get more immersed in the cannabis space and, you know, continue in my, like, own consumption journey, but also my own sort of cannabis community journey, what I see as, like healthy consumption and healthy boundaries with kids has actually changed a little bit and it's less mainstream now than it was before. (laughs) And so, um, you know, I think that's a little bit of a challenge too because most much of my audience I'm hoping is mainstream because I want to bring more canna curious people. in. I want to bring, you know, those folks who who need this information and moms who are struggling with all kinds of things that cannabis could help. Like I want them to know about it. So bridging that audience and the canna community audience, which has actually been a really important supporter for my book, the canna community. Um, and then figuring out sort of like how I portray myself in, in terms of, of, boundaries around consumption, boundaries around kids, like, because like I said, that that's changed for me a bit in the last few years since I've become more immersed. How do you yeah. feel about, about that?
0: Yes, I think I see exactly what you mean. And I, I agree. Um, and I think one of the difficulties, though, is that you, you want to normalize it and, and make it mainstream. But you also want people to realize there's still a lot of work to be done. Because I see some people generalizing, about things like their safety level of consumption or consumption when they're pregnant or or have um, any kind of anything to do with a child, right? And and they'll say, oh well, it's legal and like most of the country now, it's you're you'll be fine, things like that. Those kind of okay, we're not there yet, you know. Like I I want to normalize it. Absolutely. But I also feel there's like a kind of danger in the way that people just get all of their information on social media and kind of just come off of that with like, oh, we're good. You know, (laughs) if that makes any sense, like they're not really digging in and they're just like, oh, you're fine. It's like legal now. You're fine. And it's like, there's so much more to it than that. And so it's hard to unpack all of that and still have that let's keep this normal attitude for me, at least I feel like trying to balance that, you know, like I want to normalize use. I want to make it something that's not that big of a deal, but then at the same time, it is a big deal still. So. Yeah. That is a great point.
1: (laughs) You know, um, and that reminded me of something that I might've just forgot. (laughs) I was (laughs) was like, i was going to say something and then I forgot it. Um, okay, hopefully it'll come back.
0: Well, okay, well, so, I mean, even though I feel like there's always some new aspect or angle of parenting to uncover and learn about, you and I talked before about how certain tropes are tired and lazy, at least in my opinion. For example, I am so damn tired of the wine mom conversation for so many reasons, I think that there is a hell of a lot more to unpack about motherhood and plant medicine, because we have so much to unlearn and reimagine, like I just said. So what narratives are you tired of seeing about cannabis parents in the media?
1: Well, I'm with you on the wine mom convo. Like, that's pretty tired at this point. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I mean, I, I, I would say that. I even sometimes forget to mention alcohol when I'm talking about cannabis, even when I'm talking to more mainstream audiences, even, right. Even though I know that that's like the best framework, sadly, that a lot of people have to like wrap their minds around, you know, or to compare to cannabis use. Um, But I I also sometimes just don't even mention it because I feel like, can't we just get past that already? Um, And yet I still feel like, we should mention it sometimes to, to bring in those, those kind of curious wine moms, you know, because it's healthier, yeah. it's better, it could help them. And I still, I still want to spread that message, but you know, f- for sure that gets old. And also the, you know, the, the, the comparison misses something, which is the fact that cannabis is not just a healthier vice, you know, it's not just something that you know, we can lean on instead of wine and without the the hangover. And that's, those are great things too. And I talk about that in my book and, you know, I've, I've definitely been part of that conversation, but, you know, endocannabinoid balance, homeostasis for our system, actual wellness, you know, using it as actual medicine too. Like these are, these should be parts of the conversation, even for the mainstream folks. So that, I just want to see it expand so much more beyond that, you know, weed wine comparison. Um, and then another thing that I would say is the the kind of defensiveness that, that canna moms reflexively take. Um, and that sort of tends to come up in the media a lot. Like, yes, they consume cannabis, but they're, they're still, you know, trying to be responsible. They're still, you know, good moms, X, Y, Z. Again, it's important. And yet, it gets tiring. It gets to be like, okay, do we have to constantly prove or try to prove that we're not doing something wrong? That we're actually yes, parents. That's exactly
0: it. We'll that's always exactly have it. to do that under the patriarchy. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the thing. That's why I think I hate these tropes because it's like it's it's just trying to you know classify motherhood as something not serious in a way. You know what I mean? Like mm. you you need a break. You got to do this. You got to do. This. It's like No, motherhood is hard. Parenting is hard, but it's also like so important. It is the most important job. And you want to be your best self doing that. Like just reframe the conversation. You want to be your best self. What wellness plan does that include? Does it include plant medicine? Is alcohol part of that? You can't completely, you know, take out the alcohol users because there is a lot out there that (laughs) involves alcohol and THC, putting those two together. So (laughs) even though I, I don't consume those, I mean, it's, it's not even a, it's not like I have judgment toward people who do. I just don't consume alcohol anymore. I just don't feel the need for it, but some people do, and some people prefer it and that works better for them. And I just wish we would have more conversations around that because It's not cannabis. Is also not always the healthier choice. It's not always the safer choice. And especially if you're consuming it in a way that isn't mindful, I've had to, like I just said earlier, I've had to kind of many times, I have to look at myself and go, am I doing this in a way that's healthy? Am I consuming in a way that is really benefiting me or am I just trying to escape something? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, once it starts to get into escapism, that's when it becomes unhealthy, right? To an extent. I mean, we all do need some kind of escape, yep. right? Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. You start to have to get really granular with the discussion. But instead, they'd rather just kind of chalk it up to these easy marketing trips that that they think that, like, all women fall under.
1: <laughs> well, actually, Yes. I totally agree with that. I mean, and that reminded me of what I was going to say earlier, which is related, the fact that, you know, you were saying these are nuanced um, conversations, these are sort of complicated ideas, and yet we're, we're forced to communicate about them in many ways in like the briefest sound bites, right? Whether it's like a comment on social media or a post on social media, or even a thousand word article in some cases is not, you know, enough. Um, I mean, certainly it, it's, it, it's more depth than you can do on social media, but you know the, this this media landscape that we're in that's very quick, that's very sound bitey. Um, you know that's fairly superficial. It's it's hard to have these kinds of, of nuanced conversations and to actually convey information that's helpful to people because it's yeah, not. You know, the question true. of should I use cannabis during pregnancy is not a one line response.
0: Right, and and you have to kind of resort to these tricks to get people to be interested in them because of what we're living in right now. You have to do, you know, interesting little takes. And I think that's probably why I never go viral because I'm always like, I want to talk about the real stuff. And people are like, boo. (laughs) And it's not even (laughs) that you're, you know, it's not that people, yeah, exactly. I don't know how to do trends, obviously, at all. Um, So I'm always out of the loop. But (laughs) And I understand it's necessary, you know, having a background in marketing. I understand why it's necessary. It's just frustrating, and I wish that some of us would push a little further in the conversations when we have the time to do it, you know. Um, yeah. And I, and I mean, you're doing it, and I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> With Clubhouse, do you ever get into those conversations? Like, do, I, I never get to join the Clubhouse um, because I always it's not a great time for me on Sundays. <laughs> I always have I know, it on yeah. my calendar to do it, but um, do you ever have any kind of reactions on clubhouse to those types of tropes that are like interesting or maybe a different take than you normally see?
1: Hmm. I mean, we talk about so many different things on clubhouse that, that is, it's a really interesting way I think to communicate in the community because it's not that sound, it's not as sound bitey. I mean, yes, You know, each person only gets a few minutes to speak on the stage, probably for an entire two hour session, but it's still better than a few lines common on social media. So there is a lot of discussion and a lot of things going on. Um, we do discuss the alcohol cannabis comparison here and there, but I also feel like we've kind of moved past that too, as a, as a community, it's more just when we're communicating with the mainstream that that becomes important. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. and yeah, I mean, I can't think of other specifics right now in terms of memes that come, but you know, maybe something will come up for me about, uh, you know, but certainly the, the trends and, and the changing perceptions of cannabis moms and, and also another point I wanted to bring up is if you pay attention to cannabis media and cannabis community, you're going to think we're way further ahead <laughs> in on cannabis normalization and acceptance, you know, yeah. versus like if you're mainly subscribing to, to to mainstream media and not listening to all of that. So, like, I feel like cannabis media is so much further along in that yeah.
0: regard. That's yeah. true. That's true. It's hard to compare really, because you do feel like you're in a bubble, um, you know, writing for these publications, because I, from time to time, we'll see, you know, a USA Today story or whatever show something on something news related in the mainstream, you know, at whatever midday type of things, we're like, oh, look at this uh, pop mom, you know, it's like, are we still doing that (laughs) for five years ago? It's like almost the exact same things that they were doing five years ago with the oh look at this they smoke in their moms, and they're moms and they're still good moms and it's like okay I mean it's been years and I think that if we weren't good parents then you know our kids would have done something by now to show <laughs>
1: I know it feels they're so not tired, like overtaking but... the
0: government or anything um I mean at least they are not
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yep. laughs> I uh, hear ya.
0: I don't know. Maybe you know, some cannabis users are there. I'm sure.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that is something that someday I'm I'd be interested in talking to you about. We don't have to go too deep on that now, or have to get into it all now. But no, just <laughs> just can the, the cannabis community and you know our our breadth of um, beliefs and opinions <laughs> about about the world, um, you know, yeah. like. I think that you can be a cannabis person and it can really take you down a, a you know pretty progressive path and you can be a cannabis person and it can take you down a different path too. It just sort of depends on, I don't know, lots of factors. <laughs> it is so
0: strange. No, that is, a, we should talk about that too because um, I, I'm always mind blown when it comes to that. Like I'll be like, oh, this person, they, they check off these boxes. Cool. Cool. Nope. 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 Nope.
1: nope, nope. <laughs> I know. <sighs> I know. It is. It's an interesting space to be in because, well, whatever. This is off topic, and we can maybe even have a show. No, it's not really. I mean, it's still all in this. Well, I think
0: it all goes into it because it's like you. You know, we talk about our niches inside of cannabis, right? Our niche topics inside of cannabis. It's such a broad scope of, you know, discussion topics, right? I I think there's so much to unpack. I think that cannabis intersects with almost everything in your life. It can if you really think about it.
1: Oh but, my gosh, so much.
0: And and so and and what I find is, okay, well, you want access to this plant. That's cool. So I'm thinking we're on the same level of, you know, you want better, you want control, you want, and, and, and it has taught me a lot about assumptions. So Mm -hmm. I think that that kind of um, has changed a little bit of how I write and how I create content as well, because Mm -hmm. I, you know, like we were just talking about how the publications are so different and and we're allowed to get away with a little bit more assumptions in that way. Right. But Mm -hmm. also we have to think about how we may assume people just because they're in this industry agree with us about other things and they don't, you know, it's just like a constant lesson. I think of perceptions and like how other people perceive what we're saying and what we perceive that they're saying, all of that, you know, I've been really wrestling with that a lot lately because I I assume a lot, you know, I didn't know that I assumed as much as I did until I started to really unravel it, you know, in therapy and I'm like, whoa, okay, why do I think that that person thinks that? Why do mm-hmm. I even think anything about that person in the way that they think? You know what I mean?
1: It's <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so it's- human. It's so human. It is, but you know, because we yes, we our minds work that way. We categorize and we, you know, we we assume and we, you know, read into things. It's like yeah, absolutely. I mean, as as an example of wow, we shouldn't make assumptions that people who, who like cannabis agree with us there was a candidate for governor in Idaho um, in the primary that was really recent. And um, her platform was cannabis, guns, and uh, Jesus and no abortion. So it was like, whoa. What? Yeah, that's
0: the perfect illustration. Exactly. I got you one out
1: of the four answer. there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's the perfect illustration, you know, because you're like, oh, okay. So you, you like cannabis or you want cannabis to be legal. legal." That's good. Oh. And then all the other things, how does that work? And then I think about it and I'm like, well, because it's, it's alternative, right? And if you're in anything that's considered alternative, then you have to really open up your brain about what other people are going to expect (laughs) out of the world.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's true. I think there are more, more alternative thinkers in cannabis, and that is a good thing. Sometimes, you know, I wish that, I mean, not not sometimes, all the time. I wish that people thought like me because wouldn't that be better, right? The world would be better. Yes, <laughs> don't we all think be. that? Yes. <laughs> we I all know,
0: think it's that. Like, like you don't, I, yeah, but it does play into what we're talking about because You know, we write about parenting often. I just recently published a piece um, with Sweet Jane magazine about the childcare crisis and why cannabis industry or why cannabis businesses should pay attention to that. Why should they implement uh, benefits that are for people with children? And the amount of explaining I had to do as to why this was relevant to the cannabis industry just to get it greenlit was mind-blowing. I I was like, well, h- hold on. There's, a, I'm pretty sure there are a lot of parents in this industry. <laughs> like, yeah. we just aren't there.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Um, and so it's like, I assume right off the bat, it would be a hot topic. Like people would be like, yes, let's talk about it. And it was completely the opposite. Hmm. And even after I published it, I thought, this is one of my favorite pieces I've ever written. And I was so it's excited. Good. I
1: read it. It's good.
0: Oh, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. But n- I haven't gotten any real feedback about it from other people, you know, people other than my close circle of friends here. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, and so, you know, it, it, I wasn't expecting it to go viral or anything. It's a print magazine. But my point is, it's like this is something that we should be talking about mm-hmm. more frequently, in my opinion. But not a lot of people agree. So it's just like one of these things where we assume because of an affinity for cannabis, people are going to agree with us in other ways. And it just doesn't always happen. And I know we've gotten kind of off topic, but it all goes into it all plays into being a thought leader and being someone who is speaking on a topic over and over and over again. Um, So moving to a more positive side of this. I never get tired of pushing the envelope in my writing about parenting and cannabis topics. What are some aspects of being a thought leader in this space that keep you motivated?
1: Well, as I mentioned before, just continuously learning the fact that, you know, I sure we have to go back to basics a lot and yet I can keep learning at the same time. And my, you know, my, my of worldview keeps expanding, I guess. And that's really cool. Um, you know, I'm, very regularly um, having to take in new information about how, you know, the the suppression of cannabis and cannabis culture really affected people of color and LGBTQ plus folks in our country um, and all sorts of other marginalized groups, women, moms. <laughs> so, um, you know, I find that really, really fascinating that I get to sort of keep exploring those intersections, keep exploring how and how cannabis can empower these groups that you know i'm a part of too to um to, to claim more of our economic social you know sexual political power you know all of these so that's cool i love continuing to learn and i love being in, in an industry where it's not like you know where we don't know everything about it where it's not finite yeah
0: yeah, yeah. i agree i love that and i i I love. I love that too. I love finding, like you just said. I'm. I'm really excited right now about how cannabis empowers um, people sexually. You know, and I think that that is yeah. a big
1: deal. It so, is. It's, it is so interesting. And also, I should say that you know, like because the industry is also you know changing in terms of what we know about cannabinoids and new products getting introduced to new markets. Like there is ton to learn in that regard too. Um, And I also love being able to talk to people from all across the industry. You know, I do it on my show, my relevant show. Um, and then the clubhouse stuff that you mentioned also we you know we have these regular conversations where it's different there's more meat and you know juice or whatever to it than there is on social media or just you know publishing and getting a few comments here and there it's like it's it is nice to have those live conversations and really sort of get a pulse on how women across the country even the world are integrating cannabis whether they're in the industry or just personal consumers you know integrating it into their lives and their you know their communities and their, their homes Their family, all that. Um, So yeah, that that is pretty cool. I mean, what also keeps me motivated is just continuing to, um, you know, besides these conversations and learning and all that, is taking breaks and writing about other shit. (laughs) You know, (laughs) do you write about anything else (laughs) these days? I used to, I used to,
0: and now my therapist is making me do it again. And so I'm that's that's my I'm journaling. (laughs) I'm getting back into journaling. So I'm starting there. And then I'm going to really try to get back into writing about things that aren't specific to cannabis. Um, it's hard. It's hard once you like fully immerse yourself. Like I said, it's all consuming. It's like once you're yes. a cannabis writer... <laughs> hard not to
1: be <laughs> um i agree i agree um sometimes i get col- called into like witches magazine um because yeah. you know, the editor and that's kind of fun i'm writing about green witches and activist witches right now so i get what? to break a little bit from i need Hannah. this magazine <laughs> what's it called again it's just called what's witches called? witches oh yeah Right. nice We can talk about it offline. um, (laughs) Online presence is not good, but yeah, the physical distribution is good. (laughs)
0: Awesome. So I'm no longer really surprised by some of the reactions I receive when I tell people that I'm in cannabis and what I do, um, especially in parenting spaces. Do you deal with any kind of negativity about your book these days?
1: In, yes and no, um, not a whole lot of outright hate um you know here and there, but I so you and I were talking about this before we hit record, but um i I posted about choice on this last Saturday, and I normally kind of stay in my lane with cannabis and talk about whatever intersects with cannabis, you know race and race and class and sexuality and gender identity and those things. But, you know, I generally stick to cannabis, Um, but I was like, you know what? I have a platform and I I cannot not post about this, not say something about this. So I posted about choice on Saturday, my feelings and um, anti-choice trolls came at me pretty hard. And then my account was deactivated a couple of hours later. And so I guess I surmise, of course, I don't know because this whole process is totally opaque on Instagram, but um, you know, I surmise that the anti-choice trolls couldn't report me for that specifically. It's not illegal. <laughs> it's not a schedule one okay. substance. Um, and so they just reported me for cannabis and dead and we're able to give have my my account deactivated so you know I just I think that cannabis is still a vulnerability for all of us who put ourselves Mm -hmm. out online you know
0: absolutely absolutely the first thing people go to is oh you're a drug dealer or you're you know talking about smoking around your kids it's like the first thing I see and it's just like so lazy, such low hanging fruit. Come up with something more <laughs> clever. Jeez. Um no, get creative. Come on. <laughs> um I, yeah. I almost respect it if people have some creativity, but you know, they just don't. And they don't read they don't read enough to, in the comments. It's like, okay, you didn't even read her post. So like, that's the thing. Most of the comments, I can always tell like in the first sentence that they didn't read the post all the way. So that's why mm-hmm. I never really engage because I'm just like, nope, that's a waste of energy. Plus I was raised by people like that. So I'm, I, I know where it's going. You know, I know where that conversation's going. It's when you have trolls in your life, you know, it's like, they just want to troll you they just want to troll you because that's the only power that they have at the moment. And yeah, they want to wield it. So,
1: um, you know, we live in sadly. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yes. And it just becomes, they become more emboldened as the days go by, unfortunately,
1: but what can you do? And I would also say, I mean, You know like to to add to that you know the negativity that exists out there i mean first of all we know that there are prohibitionists and there are people actively you know campaigning against legal cannabis right now and i've actually have you noticed an uptick in negative cannabis coverage in the mainstream do you Mm -hmm. follow like what yeah 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 Mm yeah yeah um I think it's because there's just obviously more exposure, more visibility, more legal access and you are going to come across some problems. There will be some problems with increasing legality that we have to deal with. That's part of, you know, uh, being in a nascent industry, right? Um figuring out how to regulate it properly, what makes sense, you know, all the public health and safety things. Even though cannabis is an ex- cannabis is an extremely safe substance and yet um, you know, and yet the, you need to be able to use it responsibly, right? You need to be able to be educated about it. And I think that as legality opens up and access opens up, there will be some instances of, of misuse. There will be some, you know, an uptick in certain kinds of, uh, you know, reports. And so we are seeing some of that. And, of course, the mainstream media wants to fan those flames and loves stories that talk about the bad stuff. So... You know, that's, it's a challenge, but it's also yeah. something I think we can, we can rise to and, you know, provides us lots of opportunities to, to rebut basically.
0: That's true. I agree. <laughs> Wait, what? So what was that? I'll admit, there are, oh, not there, I just said I agree.
1: <laughs> oh, you agree. Okay.
2: I
0: agree with you. <laughs> I concur. I was going to add, but I was like, no, I agree with everything. I can't even that was perfect. Um, so <laughs> I'll admit there are some days I just don't want to talk about cannabis. Uh shocker, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've developed yep. certain approaches to combat this type of burnout, but it doesn't always work. Do you have any tips for when that happens?
1: Well, you know, besides writing about something else once in a while, um, I think that's fun and just exercises your brain differently. And it's nice to actually write about something that you don't know as much about, even though it's more work, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. So I do like that. Um, and, you know, to me, the kind of rhythms of a freelancer slash mom do keep me engaged in the sense that You know, there are times when I only get to work like 20 hours a week because I have so much going on with my family and my kids and to manage, and other times when I'm working like 60 hours a week or something because I've got just more than I can manage work-wise. So, you know, that kind of not having a nine-to-five is helpful for me. I don't know how you feel about it. Like, do you like the feast or famine lifestyle? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean I'll just think about
0: it, depending on where you catch me in that cycle. Sure, uh, I love it. I either love it or but I, I think I have definitely gotten a lot better about managing the lulls and I, I still have my freak out moments though. Like a couple of months ago I, I panicked and I put too much on my plate because I had a lull and I was like, Oh, what if I don't get more work? And I, I put too I I it was a rookie move and I knew better and I got through it, but it was tough and I now know, okay. Slow it down. Slow it down. It's you know I say I now know. It's something I have to remind myself of almost monthly. But
1: <laughs> totally. <laughs> but
0: I well I do get better yeah. with burnout. Like I if I feel burnt out, I will definitely just put down what I'm doing and go walk the dog or go outside with my son or something like that. And that is 100% my favorite thing about being a freelancer um, yes. and it's the only way I can work anymore honestly I, I can't I can't get back into that 9 to 5 life
1: <laughs> no, I wouldn't last me neither. a day <laughs> me neither and yeah I mean so, so social media is what burns me out the most probably more than writing and, mm-hmm. and all that and, and fortunately it, it's somewhat elective right like I can choose to right. step back from it Um, And I do, I I definitely give myself permission to take breaks and to not feel like the, you know, constant need to engage because that's not my personality. And (laughs) I know that I would burn out and not want to return if, if I just pushed myself all the time there.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, getting off of Facebook was a big help for me. I haven't been on Facebook in like two years. I say I haven't been on it. I've been on it here and there sporadically. I go and check you know messages every once in a while but yeah I'm not exaggerating when I say I spend less than 20 minutes on Facebook every three months so yeah. that has been a huge deal for me as far as burnout and I don't go on Clubhouse I deleted the the app because every time I tried to use it it just doesn't work out for me and uh <laughs> let's see I don't even mess with TikTok because I just can't figure it out I like to watch some of them sometimes but I'm not You know, Instagram is probably the biggest culprit for me. I I Mm -hmm. get sucked into Instagram. I wish I didn't. And Twitter, of course. I mean Twitter you can really go into (laughs) some rabbit holes.
1: I know. And I have not actually gone there too much. So yeah, I think just being strategic about where you're spending your social media time is is important to me. Um, and it helps. And And chunking helps for me too, like to avoid burnout instead of feeling like, okay, mm-hmm. I have to, you know, stare down this like long project or write this one article today. I'm just let, I'm going to write like, you know, two paragraphs of the intro, and then I'm going to take a break. And, you know, just being mm-hmm. intentional about how I do it is helpful for me too.
0: Yes, definitely, and I'm sure doing some yoga, right
1: <laughs> doing some yoga but you know there I, like i I do I, I portray myself as a pretty balanced person and I am a pretty balanced person, but there are absolutely times when I'm like, oh my God, this is unmanageable and I can and I'm not chunking yes. and I'm not taking care of myself and it definitely yeah. happens <laughs> you know I'm not perfect by any means, but that's you know that's kind of my 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 homeostasis is to like find a good work-life balance and you know let me know if you figure out the secret i was going to say under
0: capitalism i don't think it exists (laughs) so before we go how can the cannabis how can the cannabis community best support you both professionally and personally
1: well, you know, come and talk, uh, show up to the conversations. Um, I think that's really important. Be, you know, be part of that change. So whether that's you know listening to your highness podcast and and sharing it, um, being you know listening to my show on Relevant or coming to talk on Clubhouse on Sundays, it really does help. Like we need, you know, we need people to have this conversation Firebook. with, right? <laughs> and yeah. buy my book, <laughs> get it for a friend, send it to a media person that you know, <laughs> that's always good. Because um, yes, I, I do want to be, you know, I want the book to be part of this change that that normalizes and helps bring cannabis into a positive, you know, more positive light in the mainstream. Um, and also just like, can a people, let's be nice to each other. Okay, nice is not the right word. Let's be kind to each other. Let's at least not be assholes we can do it right. Like this plant is meant to uplift and to heal and to bring people together. And that's the ethos that I, I really want to see in our community.
0: Ethos are like good word. I'm bring that back into the re- rotation. <laughs> <I> <laughs> love <a> that. <laughs> ethos. Um, well, I love it when you come on the show and I love talking to you. So please come back anytime. Of course. Until next time, stay high and beautiful. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the third edition of Where in the World is V? If you missed the prior episodes, we're doing a segment with V Castillo, otherwise known as V, the Traveling of Writer. And today we're joined by one of V's traveling team members, is that right? Traveling team members,
2: <laughs> okay.
0: our partner in crime,
2: Dom. How are you doing, Dom, the can of mom? Nah, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm feeling good. I'm smoking. It's a nice night. How are you? Same. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm feeling it. Mm. Um, and I don't know if I played it upright, but I said where in the world is V, and that's what we're talking about tonight because we're following the map of V, who is always on the road exploring and (laughs) finding all all these really awesome new places to stay and uh, enjoy your medicine and enjoy the earth and connect with the universe. Um, And so on that note, we're going to start with uh, where did she begin? In August, <laughs> um, so I'm. i Yeah. Do you want to start or do you...
2: Nah? Go ahead. I'm listening. I'm excited. I'm so excited because I feel like so much happened in such a short amount of time. So I'm just excited. Finish, please. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: she came to. Actually, she was pretty close to me and you. Um, she was in Philadelphia at the Budded Breakfast location called um, the, one second, Healing Vortex, Bud and Breakfast. It's the first inclusive BNB healing center in the city. And it looks so awesome. I mean, I'm really excited about it because I've, I've read a lot about it lately because, um, I'm, you'll hear more about it later and further in an episode, in September's episode, but I am guest editing the Canicurious um issue, the next Canna issue. So I got to read about this uh, beautiful location quite a bit as I was editing this issue because it will be me- mentioned in the fall issue. Um, so anyway, this place is... Uh, Pretty much in the heart of the city, it ha- and um, it's really beautiful on the inside. It has sunflowers. Well, the room that she stayed in has it's like the sunflower room, I believe they call it. And they have a whole area where you can sit down and eat. They like they cater to your every need. This place, like you, don't have to do anything. You do not have to lift a finger. So, anyway, Dom, do you have anything to add to this?
2: Absolutely. Um, the Healing Vortex Care Center is actually one of my favorite places, even though I've never been there. And the reason <laughs> why, because it comes from the mind of one of my favorite creators, a fantastic person that I met in Philly, um, Sunflower Talia Farrow. She's actually the founder and the owner of Sunflower Space Cakes, which is a vegan, um, and hemp friendly, uh, it's a catering company, but what they do is they supply dope-ass edibles, they supply delicious plant medicine, um, and they also host different social events in their space. I remember us talking about them in the first episode when we talked about Sunflower Space Cake's lair. The lair is the social place where you come in and out for, you know, a day-to-day. It's more like visiting, like your poppy store but like on a whole nother level because it's the cannabis poppy store and it's the mommy store it's just it's the dopest shit you have to be there anyway the healing vortex care center is a brainchild of sunflower that is the butt and breakfast so you can stay and the sunflower room is inspired by i would believe i don't want to say aesthetic but it's the energy that comes from the space so sunflowers represent um creativity love abundance um And healing. (laughs) (laughs) So I believe that. What V experience is what we've known Sunflower to always have been. From the moment we all met her in different places to the way our lives have changed just from encountering her. So I hope that you get a chance to stay soon. Um, I can't wait to stay. I've been trying to get there, but it's been booked up. Um, the pictures I know they don't even do it justice. I know it's dope because I know that the lair is dope. So I could talk about it all day. Don't get me to start. Don't get me to talking because I keep going. <laughs> but you gotta get there. Um, it's $200 per night and it's flour and food all inclusive. So, I mean, I've seen other and breakfast prices. Um, I've, you know, looked up and seen what kind of things they that offer. That is
0: really good for Philadelphia.
2: Yeah, exactly. For Philly too. And I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty average price, but it's still a great price at the same time. Cause that's a, it's on, I don't want to say, let me think. You probably will be paying anywhere close to $50 to $100 more per night if you stand in another place that doesn't allow these things. And then, of course, you know, the, the vibe isn't there. I know the, the energy they put into this space is worth it. That's all. I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm excited. I want to go and I want to go to the Good Moms Bad Choices uh, live event in Philly in September I'm putting it out there that I hope I get to stay there if I get to go so um yeah let's make that
2: manifest it it. find yourself in the vortex I'm I'm, look I'm manifesting with you I might meet you there that's what I'm saying we should all be there (laughs) like a live plan I thought so
0: (laughs) yes yes (laughs)
2: I love it. it. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to have to make it work. I'm going to have to be a good mom that makes a good choice to go to good mom's bad choices, you (laughs) feel me?
0: Yes, They're amazing. I love them. Um, And they have been guests on this show before, so check them out. Um, Anyway, so on the next, next on the map, (laughs) V was at KushCon, which if you did listen to the prior episode, uh, you will know that we mentioned it then. But Kush Khan um, was in Tampa on August 6th, I believe. Uh, do you want to say something about that?
2: The 5th and the 6th. Yeah, um, Kush Khan was on the 5th and the 6th in um, Tampa, Florida. And I hadn't really known much about Kush Con before V. So, you know, you learn a lot following her. It doesn't matter what what, what you're into or what part of cannabis you're, you're looking at uh, to be a part of. Um, you're going to always learn something. Uh, Kush Khan was sponsored actually by dope SEO, which is a cannabis marketing company. Um, and while B was there, she debuted flavors of Florida, which featured an entire list of dynamic Latina business owners, um, in the cannabis industry or can- cannabis industry adjacent. Um, it was a beautiful spread that I saw to see the smiles and the representation of these women. And to then hear more about the the richness of the Floridian heritage when V did her article and her tribute to Florida in the chronic um, August issue. Um, I wish I could explain colors without just saying colors, but when I read the work that V put down and when I saw the pictures, it was something about the energy that was so bright and that was so warm, I could tell the ancestors are very proud of V. Um, The space that she has created for black and brown and Latina and LGBTQ in this place, in this cannabis industry is something that I'm not saying that not anybody can do it. It's magical. And, I remember just listening to her every single time we would. I say listen because I could hear her voice when, when I'm reading emails. I remember communicating with V and hearing that this was her vision, and I was like, "No, nah, I see it, sis. Like I see it." I was very sure. Part of me, um, but I remember telling her that I could see her vision, and I really could. And now I now to see it manifested. The article is, is lovely. Um, actually, if you wouldn't mind, can I just read like something that she wrote about of florida course. just a little bit <laughs> okay because i'm like i'm i'm saying that like you sh- know we we gotta hear you got to hear this and please make sure that if, for those of you listening please make sure that you go to um the dot and that you read this article you're gonna cry i swear you are and if you're from florida and you're reading it you're really gonna be like yeah your girl did you your girl did you write like oh it, it gives me chills so she says um I never thought that cannabis would be the miracle, purpose, and reason for my return, returning to Florida. After traveling the United States cross-country by a car two times and by flight during the pandemic, I realized that for me, there is absolutely no place like home. And so to the place where I was created, born and raised, and to the plant that saved me, this tribute is for you and because of you. I'm not the freaking cry, I think it's because I'm high. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. My tribute to Mitiera, Florida, Feast of Flowers, honoring her glory and the plant community that adds to it. You can feel her love for where she grew up. And it's like, Mm, like coming from leaving home and being able to return. It's like something about it gives me prodigal daughter, but like the good part. Like the good part where you go out and you say, nah, this is where I'm from. And then you bring it back home and you represent. It's definitely full circle. Um, take a look at the spread. In the chronic magazine issue for August, you have to read this article for yourself and make sure that you're following hashtag traveling cannabis writer so that you can get have access to the interviews and you can see capture the energy that V experienced and that she shared in her time there. Um, she's actually, you know, she's been a few other places that we're about to talk about, but she's actually back in Florida now. So I know she's happy to be back in the States at home. Um, I'm just, it makes me want to go back to Florida just so I can step on the soil. Cause dang, like (laughs) we all know Florida, but like, I never heard such love. It's beautiful. Read the article y'all go, go, go check it out for yourself. You have to.
0: Now you're making me want to go back. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> so listen if we go we can go to the hemp mansion because that's where v stayed and she had her um her flavors of florida ladies with her and she Ooh. brought her mother the family was there yeah and the hemp mansion is a bud and breakfast out there and also they also have a farm um and the pick-
0: angie too. the green baker is there often and she is oh. a deep friend of the Pod. yes Love Angie the Green Baker.
2: <laughs> Angie the Green Baker. So, okay, so I see we're going to be planning some trips soon. Got you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. So, next on the list, she was in the Caribbean.
2: Yes. Tell so, us more. Dan. So, from Florida to Puerto Rico. um we had discussed wanting to do Caribbean coverage for can for the cannabis industry um, and for the plant based life industry. Um, so she did get there. Master manifester I'm telling you. Um, and one of the things that she wrote about waking up in PR was that she she said waking up on waking up on the ocean and smoking one to the sunrise, the salsa music in the air and island vibes all over. It's a it's a lovely picture of the beaches where she was at, and you. Feel, it's interesting because to me it feels like this is all this is work, but this is like the most dopest work. And I mean, I mean every single era that I just said while I'm saying it, the most dopest about dope. <laughs> like it's it's just it's cool. She she calls Puerto Rico the Isle Isla del Encanto, the island of charm. Um, and she stayed at the Coqui del Mar Gay Hotel in the Pink Room. Um, v was there for three days. And she just, she shares like a three-day love fest for Puerto Rico. I don't want to ruin it too much with just talking about it all over. Because I was just marveled. I was like, you go ahead, girl. I, I, your manifestation skills are like, girl, I'm <laughs> But you can read more about this trip and you'll be able to see a full spread in the September issue of the Chronic magazine. So make sure that you tapping in following the Chronic as well as following hashtag traveling cannabis writer because it's the content. I mean, this is territory that no one has ever covered before. This is this is pioneered work. So make sure you follow him.
0: Yes. And you can get the Chronic magazine. They have the a digital version of that as well as print edition if you
2: Yes, and if you They do have a print edition. You can order them online. And you can also, um, if you subscribe and you order print editions, I believe that you get some dope uh, apparel from The Chronic. So there's some some benefits to being, you know, benefits to membership now. You get dope-ass art, you get to read people's work, and you get dope work that you can wear. So that's cool. Nice. I love that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, and that's the best way to support people. It's just like... (laughs) subscribe (laughs) subscribe subscribe click and subscribe
2: share read do it
0: yes and so next on the on the map before she isn't there yet but she will be heading there is michigan right where we will be i'm saying we will be like i'm going to be there maybe next year i would love to be there next year I'm actually interested in. I would love to go to Michigan, so I'm manifesting that. Let's go to Michigan.
2: Let's go. I told you we got we got trips to take.
0: <laughs> yes. So September 17th, um, there will be the Goats of Cannabis, right? And um, there will, I guess it's going. There will be performances.
2: The Goats of Cannabis is concert and festival. Yeah, so it's going to be some dope performances. Um, some of these artists, I don't, I don't know them all of them. Yeah. Okay. Of them. I feel bad cuz I know who Drica Gates is. Like I know that she's going to be the guest judge there for and she's going to be a guest cannabis judge. So I wonder what kind of what kind of judging she'll be doing. Are they smoking? I don't know. But um her I know brand- that
0: there will be a cultivation tour and V will be covering that.
2: That's and... going to be provisions.
0: Right. Okay, so that's a B Provisions cultivation tour that she'll be covering. And that's separate from the Goats of Cannabis.
2: Yes, ma'am. The Cultivation Tour um, is actually going to be, a, it's called the Giveaway the giveaway Tour by Bee Cultivations, where the two winners are going to get to sample the Jungle Healing and Jungle Love CBD and THC respective brands that Drika is um, going to be introducing. And then they'll get to tour the facility and Bee's going to cover all of this. Um, it's going to be pretty cool because she's going to be up and close.
0: So check that out in September, I I believe, or it might be later in September. I don't know. Um, I guess you just have to subscribe to the MJ News Network
2: (laughs) to find out. And also follow hashtag traveling cannabis, uh, traveling cannabis writer, because you'll get a news, you'll get access to news, you'll get access to articles, but you'll also get to see videos and interviews. So even if you miss it in um, print, you'll get to see video and that way you can visualize a little bit different.
0: Right. And we'll also be putting whatever videos that she shares on our, our Pinterest. <laughs> yes. Can you tell, can you tell where my brain is right now? Um, at your highness pod. So follow us on there because we're able to, I think do more on Pinterest. So, far. Pinterest
2: is actually dope. Like, I do remember um, Pinterest being really more. I felt like when I was like a stay at home mom and I was trying to redecorate my house, Pinterest was that that place, but you know, I kind of got away from it. So, it's making a comeback. Yes, it is. <laughs> now,
0: sponsor us, Pinterest.
2: Yes. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> no, don't kid. <laughs> what you want.
0: Yes. I will take that sponsorship. <laughs> sponsor and write. So.
2: Hi, rate is high on the, on Pinterest as well.
0: Yeah. Let me go get one of my candles. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll um,
0: so before we end Dom, can you tell us how we can support you personally and maybe talk about what you're working on right now?
2: Yeah, right now I'm doing some research on psychedelics. I'm kind of taking a step back from um, producing content, because as fast as I'm trying to produce the content on psychedelics, I also it's studying. So you got I, I want to make sure that I'm giving the right information. Um, you know, kids are going back to school, so I've been working more on creative things. Uh, I am a musician as well as a writer, and my musician my my instrument is my voice. So um, I write music as well. So I'm working on that. Um, you'll start to see some of my content on my personal Instagram, and I'm working on my website too. So. It's coming, you know, um, it's just a it's a joy to be able to learn more while I'm in this resting stage.
0: Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I'm so happy to hear it. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. And check out more of V's work at V com. And until next time, stay high and beautiful. Bye. Peace. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Your Highness Podcast or on Twitter at Highness Podcast.
2: Be sure to rate us on iTunes and subscribe.